You're listening to Level Up with host James Lee, a senior living and healthcare leadership podcast built for those who want to be great at doing good. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Level Up with James Lee. I have a really fun episode in store here for us today. Um, I have invited members of the management team where I was a a first-time executive director. And so uh, I have three of those managers on the call with me today. They've uh, all gone off to do their own things. And um, this is a little bit of a mini reunion for us. So I'm excited to have this conversation and share it with all of you. So welcome, ladies. Good to see you again. You too. You Karen, Angela, Laura, oh my God. I wish we could do this in person, um, but we're all a little bit, you know, far away from each other. Angela, you went the furthest to Dallas. Um, so uh, when you get back to San Antonio, we'll have to see you in person. Um, but it's so good to see see all of you. How, how are you doing right now during the pandemic world of senior living? First of all, how, how are you guys? Laura, I'll start with you. You're like, who's going to speak first? <laughs> I'll, I'll direct traffic here. So, Laura, how are you doing? Um, doing very well, actually. Um, on a personal note, I've just been grateful because now we have a senior in the house. So mm. it's been exciting to, um, you know, um, I took the promotion from with Brookdale. So I was able to yeah. be at home with the girls and really cherish that time because I'm about to have a college student. It's kind of weird. <laughs> Um, so on a, on a professional note, my husband and I launched our own career school and we yeah. started off with a CNA program and, um, we're about to launch his HVAC program. So a lot has happened since wow. our time working together. So we've definitely utilized the COVID pandemic to move forward. Yeah. <laughs> As always. That's, yeah. That's amazing. You know what, as, as we're doing this, it occurs to me, I should introduce who all of you are because I know you, of course, but uh, the listeners don't. So Laura Williams was our fearless leader in the clinical world, our health and wellness director. Um, She is now the, well, she just gave her own intro here. So she's running a school for CNAs and um, just kicking butt. It's it's awesome to to see you. Thanks for being on with me today. Of course. Karen Dooley, sales director extraordinaire, Karen and I have had a chance to work together more than once. Uh, you know, she signed up for it more than one time. So she's she's either crazy or she she really believes in what we're doing. Maybe a little bit of both, Karen. Yeah, I think everyone would agree it's a little bit of both. A little bit of both. Yeah. Laura, don't laugh too hard. <laughs> Karen, how are you doing right now? Good. I'm doing really well. Um, so I'm with I'm a sales and marketing director for standalone memory care community, which I just love the work that we're yeah. doing. There. And um doing a lot of Zooms, <laughs> um promotional and educational uh items on you know on that. So um a lot of Zooms, educational CEUs that I'm yeah just talking to a lot of people, you know, during this time in the pandemic and reaching out and see, see how we can help. Yeah. How's, uh, how's my buddy Alan doing? Alan's good. Alan's good. He's doing really well. Um, he's been working from home this like a year and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure everyone understands that. Um, and Coco Chanel, um, I don't think you've met the new edition. Beauty. Be- I did. Yeah. yeah. Did you? Oh, okay. You got a chance to meet her. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Well, Coco and Chanel, uh, Karen's two dogs uh, at the time, her two dogs made a lot of appearances at our community. <laughs> and um, so, you know, we just had to kind of look past that people were bringing pets to work. Um, and speaking of bringing pets to work, well. <laughs> Angela Mattingly, our uh, Claire Bridge, our memory care uh, director for the community where we were at. And here, here's Bernie. Hi, Bernie. Making, <laughs> Bernie. Making an appearance on Level Up. <laughs> Hi, Bernie. Hey, Bernie. Angela, you moved away from San Antonio. Where are you? How are you doing? I'm great. I am in Dallas, Texas now working um, as a sales and marketing director at a um, campus, independent living, assisted living and memory care in Midlothian. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, we um, we have other members of our team who uh, were it, it, we're recording this episode at seven o'clock p.m. and these two uh, couldn't make it because they're both at work. You know, and that's that's pretty typical of assisted living. So um, Patrick uh, Madewell and uh, Jennifer Cooley, uh, when you listen to this episode, just know we missed you on this recording, but we're thinking about you guys too. <laughs> so let's dive in. Um, I, I invited you to this episode. We didn't do really any prep for this, right? So everybody just nod your head in, in uh, acknowledgement that there was no prep for this other than let's talk about our leadership team. So I have no idea where this episode is going to go, uh, but I'm interested to have the conversation. I don't know about you, but I think about our time uh, together at Brookdale San Antonio, and I think how magical that time was. Um, I've been in a lot of senior living communities before that and after that. Um, but there was just something really magical about that team. Um, and incidentally, it was also the first time I'd ever been um, in a lead leadership role of that kind. Uh, it was a first time executive director role for me. Um, and the three of you, along with Patrick and Jennifer, um, were people that I, I, I somehow, you know, through through luck and fortune met and had the uh, pleasure of hiring you onto the team. And I'm sure all three of you have some stories about the interview process. I don't know if I want to bring that up, uh, but we'll. Oh, maybe... we're going to talk about that. <laughs> we're going to talk. Okay, we'll yeah. talk a little bit about the interview <laughs> process. Um, but what an amazing time that was for me, and I hope it was for all of you. So I'll I'll just start there with kind of an open-ended question. Um, you know, what was your memory of the leadership culture of our team, and you know, what do you think made it special for you? I'll jump in. Laura. Initially, the first thought that comes to mind is that I was challenged on a level that I hadn't been in my career. And I think that really made me enjoy it the most um, because I am an individual that gets bored pretty quickly, mm -hmm. especially if I'm doing something over and over and over. I mean, nursing already has its surprises, but to be um, a health and wellness director and assistant living, I had already had a role exactly the same underneath different leadership. And I had a perception of that, mm -hmm. but I specifically chose you because you challenged me in the interview process. <laughs> <laughs> and instead of me just being interviewed, I, I almost felt like a student and I, and that excited me and made it more intriguing. So mm -hmm. I knew that I would grow and that's what I expected to do is to grow. And, and I would hands down would say that that was the best part of my career as a health and wellness director and as an LVN before mm -hmm. I got my RN for sure. Yeah. That um, it, it's interesting that that interview process was kind of when you committed to, to that journey. And of course, uh, all of us on this call together, we know 
what challenges we experienced at at that community, but also how that probably made us stronger, you know, as individuals and as teammates. Um, so I, I remember Laura when we did the interview. I think I gave you a homework assignment, didn't I? Yes, you did. I did. Mm -hmm. uh, did everybody else get a homework assignment or was that just exclusive to Laura? <laughs> cool. Mm -hmm. I thought you gave everybody a homework assignment. I don't remember if I did. Um, oh, you still have it? <laughs> no. <laughs> that is a <laughs> Oh, that's a reminder. Homework, right? Yeah. So Laura's holding up a uh, a post-it note. So mm -hmm. <laughs> um, Laura, Laura, what was your recollection of that interview moment in the post-it note? I remember it verbatim, actually. Um, I think one of the questions you were asking me was about my training and um, development style, because mm -hmm. I mentioned that I really, and I am, and it makes sense that we have a school because I really see the importance of training and educating the people that are taking care of our seniors. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> you told me to put my training style on an index card, not an index card, a post-it note. Now, yeah, everybody that's knows right. You guys have a post-it note. So obviously I leave this interview and I'm like, okay, like really help me, Lord, please. <laughs> How am I going to sum up all of these thoughts in my mind, you know, the years of experience? Because at the time I still was on staff at ACC. So I taught and I had been teaching, so I never let it go. Mm -hmm. But I was thinking, how am I going to just put all of that on this? Mm -hmm. So um, that, you know, had me up for a little while, but it also... Um, it caused me to focus in mm -hmm. and really create a strategy around what I did instead of it just being this thing that I know inside and that it would just come out if you ask in that yeah. moment. So even in that moment, I had to think about what is my strategy? Like, how am I going to develop these mm -hmm. individuals that I'm entrusted with? Yeah. And um, did, did you feel like that kind of that assignment followed through and that that style was kind of consistent throughout our, throughout our work? Definitely. We built upon it over and over and over. And, and ultimately, our goal was to perfect it to some degree, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll tell you, you had the job before the homework assignment, uh, but I was just really curious how what you would uh, bring back <laughs> like, <really? laughs> from that. <laughs> um, that's awesome. So, um, Angela, I, I'd love to kind of ask you the same question. What, what was your, what's your memory of the experience of being um, on that team together, what what made it stand out for you? Um, I think uh, coming straight out of college as a m graduated music therapist, mm -hmm. I um, I really had not found a job as a music therapist, and so I kind of started looking into senior living and really thought, okay, well, I can merge this experience kind of in a purposeful way. Um, in the yeah. meantime, and um, what I was kind of really intrigued by in the interview and when I started was you saw that in me and you let me bring that to the table. It wasn't just, you know, well, I know you did this, but this is how we do this. Mm -hmm. It was that can be great. And um, I was just really inspired, I think, um, was the word is just um, that you had this out of the box kind of perspective on um engagement. Yeah. Well, and I, and I hope that your experience was that that wasn't a gimmick or a shtick of the interview, but if, you know, the, the actions followed through and letting you kind of develop the program, even as a first time, you know, professional in our field, if you don't have that autonomy and that kind of the keys to the car, if you will, you know, you're just, you're just not going to be engaged. And 
Um, you know, I, I've worked with so many programs people and, you know, I, I think we'd all say Angela, you know, knocked it out of the park in her first, uh, first go around. So definitely, yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I want to come back to that um, here in just a moment, but hold on, let me take a sip of my burp, my whiskey before I go over to Karen. <laughs> Karen Dooley. Um, I've had the pleasure of working with you more than once. Um, and, you know, I have so much respect for you. <clears throat> I'm saying all of these nice things just, just so when you talk about our team, you're, you know, front loaded with a lot of niceties. Um, mm-hmm. Karen. I see was, your strategy, James. Yeah, you see my strategy. <laughs> um, in, in all sincerity, um, you know, we, we started that uh, professional relationship together at a community that was really struggling with occupancy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a hot topic. Uh, it always has been, and it continues to be a hot topic in our industry <clears throat> is occupancy. And most people, you know, just have the opinion that, um, you know, sales and marketing is like the standalone thing and you just have to put your head down and work hard and, you know, and everything will be better. Um, we had some pretty great success, you know, from a sales perspective. I think we started in our 50 percentile. Um, and then by the time I left the community where we were in our mid seventies on our way to 80 and, 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 you know, and then some. Um, mm-hmm. So when you think back on our time together, what made the leadership culture of of that community stand out for you? Yeah. Well, I have a post-it note too. You do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And this was on my computer every day. It says, uh, I don't know if you guys could see that, but Mm -hmm. um, it says goal operating margin, 25% and occupancy, 84% Mm -hmm. at the end of the year. So this is on my computer and I've kept it all this time. I found it in my desk, but I think, um, I think James, it all started with the, it starts with the interview. Mm -hmm. And I remember that interview, like it was yesterday. It was like three hours long. (laughs) I know there's, there's long. (laughs) I know. And, um, but it was a conversation and it got you. It gets you inspired and motivated and your mind just keeps going. And um, everyone that comes out of an interview, I think, is maybe a little worse for the wear. (laughs) What just happened to me? Right. I just got interviewed by James Lee. But um, I think it all starts with the interview in that you find people that challenge the status quo Mm -hmm. and don't you know, just want to be outside the box and do things differently. And, um, and you challenge us to do that. You, you, it starts with the leaders that want to do things differently. Yeah. That's how the culture started, you know? Yeah. You know, um, culture has to start somewhere. Right. And it, and it doesn't always have to be the executive director. It, uh, it certainly helps if it, you know, is, is the executive director, um, you know, but as a team, I mean, there was there was something real palpable about that team. And and look, you, I remember one of one of my proudest moments was um, uh, being out on paternity leave for six six weeks, eight weeks, and I came back. I didn't get a single phone call or a text message or an email while I was gone, 
And then not only that, but when I came back, you guys had like eight move-ins or something as a team. Eight, you know? yeah. Yeah, and we had like hiring events. And I was like, I came back in a, and the community was so much better than when I left. And I thought how amazing that was. And, and I think that that right there is a testament to leadership isn't, isn't a person, but it's, it's a culture, right? It's our, it's our entire team. Um, what, what do you guys remember about that time when, uh, when I wasn't in the building for eight weeks and I, what was that like? I, I actually have never asked you guys what, what that time was like. It was different. <laughs> I don't, I don't, you know, I just remember it being different because, um, you know, number one, we were celebrating with you. Um, it was a very unique time, um, not to have you in the building, leave, leave the standups. I know we talked about the interview, but even our standups, um, mm -hmm. meetings, um, were always about development. It was never like, hey, this is what I'm doing today and uh, bye. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, there was always this thing that we had to think about and focus on or meditate on, if you would, throughout the week. Um, so to try to maintain that, I think that was a challenge for our team. I don't know about what y'all think, but I think that in itself, we had to start the day off with mm -hmm. some, some type of focus and to just continue to keep that energy and that, you know, the team, the job of the team together. So that was the thoughts that comes to my mind initially. Yeah. Yeah. Karen, what are your thoughts on? Um... Well, you know, and I remember you always said, you know, the, the test of the team is how it works when you're not there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we, you had a joke that when you weren't there, we always got move-ins. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it, it was no longer a joke because it happened all the time. I know, I know. I know. But I think that's just a testament to, to you as a leader and our team, um, mm -hmm together that, you know, whether you were there or not, even though you're a fearless leader, like we carried on and did what we needed to do and, um, and made, made it happen. So, yeah, yeah. Well, I was, I, I was so proud to come back to that community. I, I knew it would be fine. Um, but I came back and I think all of the regionals were like, James, could you take a little bit more time off from work? Uh, I think <laughs> everyone's doing really great without you. Um, so let's, let's pivot from that a little bit. Um, and, and I'm curious about, um, culture and performance. It, it's again, one of those things that our industry talks about a lot that does culture matter? Does it actually translate to performance? Um, you know, and I think we, we've talked about the interview and how that was a little different. Um, we kind of alluded to stand up, um, our standups were epic. Some, I mean, sometimes they were like, I could, I could sense in the room, like, okay, wrap it up, James. Let's, we've all got work to do. Um, but other times, it was like I could feel that energy in the room, like, okay, we're back to work. You know, let's get going. Um, and then uh, I'm curious what standup meetings have been for you all. You know, since that time. Um, well, I know James, that I think you should, you have to explain kind of our stand up culture because yeah. no, and nobody does it the way that we did it. So, yeah. um, that's true. Um, that's good point. Whiteboard, the whiteboard yes. culture, absolutely. <laughs> um, so what I remember about the stand up, one of the things I committed to going into that role was. Um, I'd been a part of so many stand-up meetings where it was just a reporting of what you did that day. And, you know, people spent maybe shorter amounts of time together, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, but all you got was, here's what everyone else is doing today. 
And I thought, even if we have to spend a little bit more time, let's build our culture in this moment at standup. And so I knew that, it, you know, I may not see some of you for the rest of the day, um, you know, depending on how the day went. And I thought if I only get 30 minutes or 45 minutes, whatever the time needed to be, this was our investment in our leadership culture. And that's where I had to go all in. So I'm sure it doesn't surprise you that most of my leadership prep was to prep for standup. And then it was like, okay, uh, you know, the day is off and running. So one of the one of the main components of standup that I remember is the introduction of the leadership quote. And so I, I really wanted us to focus on um, our building and our thinking of leadership more so than the actions we were doing you know, every single day. So I started off with that. I would bring a leadership quote for the week on Monday. And uh, I love quotes. I, you know, you guys know that. I, I put up a quote for the week. We would discuss it. And then throughout the rest of the week, everybody would give us like applications of that leadership quote. Um, you know, it would be something to challenge you, but focus you as a, uh, focus us as a team. And then what was really cool was that on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, people would bring back, hey, I was thinking about the quote when I came across this situation. And then, you know, here's, here's what I did with it that naturally evolved into you guys taking the reins on that. So, you know, we all went on rotation and Angela would bring the quote for the week and then Karen would do it the next week. And, you know, and we'd always, you know, Patrick always tried to get out of it. He was like, no, I did it two weeks ago. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was really fun for me to take a step back. And it was all of those moments of uh, I might, I may have introduced something, but then the moment of stepping back and seeing everybody else just step into that leadership role was really, really amazing for me. Um, mm -hmm. What was it like on your end? Uh, Angela, I'm, I'm interested for your thoughts on this. Um, I really liked it because for me, um, that was my first impression of senior living. It was my first time being mm -hmm. in a standup. And so it was all I knew until I, I left and I had experienced other standups, which y'all would agree is the yeah. typical experience of a standup. But um, I, I liked that we felt like we all were contributing to it. We, we all had to buy into this vision. It, it was something that you kind of gave us and we either had to take it or not take mm -hmm. it. And so, and we did because we all bought in um, and we all wanted to be a part of it. So um, I, I really liked that practice. Um, yeah. 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 Um, Laura, what, what about that standup was kind of uh, indicative of our leadership culture for you. So beyond, you know, beyond me introducing anything, um, what did it become for you? What was stand up for you? And, and, and I guess more importantly, what have you taken away from that? What do you still maybe do today? Um, not as a replica of what we did, but what are some things that you learned that have become a part of your own leadership style today? So I think I remember at least one quote that everybody um, did. Mm -hmm. um, for Angelo, it was from the book, Girl, Wash Your Face. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I actually purchased that book based on the quote you shared. And for me, I think one quote that um, I shared towards, I think the end of my time there really sums up our culture, which was um, by Steve Jobs when he described his dad telling him to paint the fence and he did what everybody does is painted on the outside. And his dad challenged him on why didn't you paint the inside? And his quote was because only we see it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, I really like that quote has been resounding in my mind in the past few months um, because I remember 
that that was our focus. It wasn't about the outside of the building. Now, yes, obviously, hands down, our maintenance guy did mm-hmm. what they were supposed to do. So it looked aesthetically well. And actually, Karen made sure that it looked aesthetically well, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, and in the inside. Um, but we invested in us. We invested in our caregivers. Every every role that was in that community, mm-hmm. we had them in mind. So the stand-up challenged us on that that frontline staff that we had to then lead after yeah. we left that building. So that 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 whole meeting for 30 minutes, sometimes it would be an hour. Mm-hmm. It, it shaped how we viewed every interaction from that day. Yeah. So that's, you know, kind of what, you know, it sums up for me. How do I implement it now? So our school is not the average CNA school. We mm-hmm. do have a leadership focus um, because being in senior living, starting off as a CNA myself and just kind of do a stair stepping in the career. Um, I understand that what um, causes caregivers to stand out the most Mm -hmm. and not so much for another role, but just even how they provide care to that senior when the doors are closed is all about their perception of themselves. So um, I knew that was important prior to our experience, but I definitely felt it and I saw the fruit of it because of our experience. So it's definitely something that I carry on in our in our family business for sure. Yeah. I, I I'm so I'm so proud of the the experience that we all had of taking care of our frontline. Um, you know, our um I don't know if y'all remember this stat, but it'll it'll never leave my head. We we went from an annual turnover rate of I think 128% down to 62% at the time mm-hmm. um that I last measured it. And it it had probably gotten better since then, but you know, I left kind of in the middle of a uh uh, a period of measurement, but that's incredible to go that's from incredible. over a hundred percent, which is about average in our industry to get it down about 62% the, the very next year. And then, you know, whittle away at that. Um, I, I'm going to share a story of, uh, of one of our frontline associates, you know, maybe you guys will think of something too. Um, but I remember one morning um, I got a text from somebody and all of the cooks were gone um, for, for one reason or another. And um and so I was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get up. And I had, I, I went to the community um, and I forgot, gosh, I forgot his name now. I think, what was that young man's name? Maybe you'll remember, but um, I, I showed up to work and there was a, there was a young gentleman there. I think he was maybe 20 years old. Um, he wasn't scheduled to work that day. He, his wife was expecting uh, to give birth, I think that week. And I was like, what are you doing here? And he was like, I heard the cooks weren't here. So I came in to cook. I was like, who called you? He was like, nobody. Just, you know, I heard nobody was available. And I was like, oh, my God, go go back to the hospital. Thank you for being here. Um, but that that's amazing. Like, I'm here to cook. Don't worry. But it was that was that was such a cool experience for me to walk into the community and see this young man who's. Uh, you know, this is probably one of his first jobs. Um, he's about to have a kid, and he thought so much about the residents here and the culture of our team allowed him to think, you know what, I'm just going to come in and do it, and it's going to be fine. And of course, it would have been fine. And and had I not been there, it would have really been clutch for him to, you know, be there to cook. But I just remember that story, and I and I remember there's so many stories like that. Um, and I wonder, you know, what what you all think led to that because that's not normal is it no i mean it's not normal that 
that experience that we had happened all the time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Karen, what do you what do you think? What why do you think that happened so often at our community? You know what? And I think James, um, you put on the whiteboard. <laughs> Yes, we're going to come um, back three. to the whiteboard because this is definitely an inside joke. Uh, okay. I'll explain that. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, but you put three words on there and um, you talked about it. It was like your motto, mm. age, educate, and innovate, right? And so everybody there yes, and <laughs> talked about it. How yeah. many times have we talked about engage, educate, and innovate, yeah. like drilled into us, but um everybody got that and understood that. And so you just, you didn't wait for somebody to tell you to do something. You just did it. Um, you, and it was, that was the culture. You just did it. Right. You just did it. I I love, Mm -hmm. I love that y'all remember. I love that y'all remember that. Um, so for, for people who are listening, um, it was basically, it was a pyramid. It was a kind of a leadership culture thing that we all bought into. It was a pyramid with three layers. The bottom layer was educate, that everything that we aspire to do as a team was built on education for ourselves and for our teammates. And that as leaders, that was our first responsibility was to educate people. Um, and then if you had that, you could move to the second layer, which was to engage. And Angela talked about that earlier that, you know, like it's a different feeling to engage in your work versus just participate in your work. Mm -hmm. Um, And then that very top layer was innovate. So you can't get to that stage without the first two. And so over and over, we kind of use that as kind of a leadership model for us. Um, And I remember Mike, uh, our maintenance director, he, he went to an interview and he used that. He used that to talk about his leadership style and he got himself like a $10,000 raise and, uh, went off to another job, and then he came and he told me that he, that he used <laughs> I that, remember that interview. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I was so proud of him too because I was like, you know, he. I, I remember one of my first interactions with Mike was, you know, he was like, I'm just kind of. He he just admitted it. He was like, I'm kind of, you know, I'm stuck in my ways, and I, I I know what I need to do, and I'll you know I'll get it done. And by the end of it all, um, you know, he he kind of turned around. So. Um, Fun. I think he said that in stand-up, didn't he? I think oh, did he tell time. everybody? Yeah. Every day, <laughs> all the time. And then he just shoot at the hip. That was his other one. I just shoot at Three the hip. Words. <laughs> um, so let's go back to the whiteboard. Because actually, so there's an inside joke here about the whiteboard. But I also think it led to a little bit of this kind of c- culture uh, on, on our team. Angela, what, what do you remember about the whiteboard. So for people who don't know our team, what, what what's the deal with the whiteboard? Um, so the whiteboard you would use to create different things for us to reflect on, to teach us different uh, leadership models and yeah. um, to really help kind of guide our vision for our team. Yeah. That, that whiteboard was in our kind of stand up office area. It was a small one too. Um, it wasn't that big, but I remember uh, every, uh, well, the the big one. I'll get to that one. Okay, I was like, really? <laughs> the one that was in the office was just this little thing that you know, little picture frame size whiteboard that we had in the office. And I remember we would go through uh, the meeting, and at some point, I would just migrate over to that whiteboard, and we would kind of draw out the thing that we were talking about. Sometimes, literally, we would just draw a diagram of it and kind of work it out in real time. 
And uh, by far and away, the best gift I have ever received from a team uh, was a, was one Christmas. Uh, I went up to the activities room. Everybody was gathered there. I was like, what are we doing here? Did I miss something? And then you guys kind of revealed this huge rolling whiteboard. Uh, I, it was gigantic. Uh, and so I, I, and I remember just feeling so uh, happy and so proud, you know, in that moment of like, something that was just a small little thing for us in a whiteboard became so pervasive in our culture that you guys chipped in on the biggest whiteboard I've ever seen. And then <laughs> jokes on you. I used the whiteboard all the time and we took all it everywhere. I remember. Yeah. yeah. And that thing was on wheels and <laughs> like that yeah. it was massive. <laughs> and what I remember too, is we all wrote sayings or things that we've learned. Mm -hmm. Too, like I remember, um, M bar, right? And yeah, yeah. we got drilled into us like, um, NOI and revenue minus expenses, and yeah. NOI, just all the things that we learned and we all wrote on the board. And you were so excited because you're just an educator, <laughs> you just are, and you love that. So, uh, I was excited to, to see that, and it was. It was it was really just a touching gesture of like, hey, we're we're behind, you know, what we're doing here, and it, it was uh, it was funny first of all, and I had a good laugh, and then when I sat down <laughs> to think about it, it was like, it was such a perfect gift because it was it was indicative of what we all bought into, right? Mm -hmm. um, I want to move to kind of like a final topic here, um, and and then I want to leave some time for you all to. Kind of summarize and leave some takeaways here for for people who are listening to this and are thinking about leveling up, right? Leveling up their own skills and their abilities. Um, I'm interested for you to summarize, like you know, what was one of your takeaways from that time, and and how how can people, you know, draw a lesson from that and incorporate it into their own lives. So we'll end on that note. But 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 before we do, um, the the last thing I wanted to talk about was um, well. Coming back to something we we brought up earlier, which is culture and performance. How does culture translate to performance? And at the end of the day, I think you know if we were to go back and look at all of our measurements, our occupancy, our uh, NOI, our um, psychotropic med use, our falls, our you know engagement, all, all of those things, we went, you know, we improved in all of those measures. But we rarely talked about them specifically in terms of like, hey, guys, let's all work on this KPI or let's work on this KPI. You know, the results were kind of an after effect of the work that we truly did as a team. Um, I remember the first quarterly business review that we did um, mm -hmm. and then it led into future quarterly business reviews. And people still honestly don't believe me that we did this as a team. So Here's hmm. here's kind of proof in the proof uh, in that. So the quarterly business review was, um, you know, going back to that pyramid of educate, engage, innovate. It was my commitment to the team that if if I'm going to be a leader of people here, I have to lead with education. And so the very first thing I thought was, let's talk about business. Let's talk about financial literacy. Let's talk about um, NOI, let's talk about expenses, let's talk about revenue, let's talk about all of these things. 
And I remember the first one that we did, everybody kind of walked in like, oh, what are we doing? You know, and uh, and I think I prepped most of the stuff into the first business review. Um, a few of the managers had a little bit more comfort with it um, because like in the world of sales, we talk a lot of metrics. But even Karen, I think you were you were challenged through some of those uh, quarterly business reviews to push mm-hmm. you know beyond what you already knew. Um, but I remember for the most part, people were mix of like excited and a little bit like, like, I'm not sure what to expect from this. Um, I'd love to hear from your perspective, um, your experience of that. And and in particular, the latter, the later versions of the quarterly business review. So we all know the first one was a little bit nervous for people, but by the second or third or fourth time we did it, I mean, I've I've got some takeaways here, but I'm going to hold on to that because I want, I want to hear what you're Thoughts are on that. Um, tell me about the business, the quarterly business reviews. What did that, what did you take away from that? Well, I'll start because nowhere else would I, would you really see department heads, including a maintenance director, business office, uh, the culinary director, putting together PowerPoint presentations about KPIs and mm-hmm. their smart goals and what their goal was, um, how if they reached it and how they can also improve on that. Um, so the takeaway from the last one that we did, I remember um, every single department talked about revenue. That's right. Yeah. And you asked about, like, I remember you asked, what is your aha moment? I was like, I can't believe every, from activities to culinary, everybody put into, Angela did a survey. I remember (laughs) she did a survey. So just everybody talked about KPIs, revenue, and that's really unheard of. Mm -hmm. I I, went up before we, you were even leveling up. That's right. (laughs) We're the original level up this team right here. Um, Angela, I remember that. I remember you did a survey and you collected your own data because the data wasn't like available. Um, in in the same way that you know, with nursing and with sales and with maintenance and finance, there's a lot of systems that are already in place for you to measure uh, performance and data. But for resident engagement, even though there's more companies doing that now, um, even four years ago, three years ago, there wasn't a lot of options. So I remember you did a survey to collect some feedback and data from, I think, family members. And um, you're, I can see it in your eyes. You're like, okay, let me try. I remember now. <laughs> um, but tell me about your experience um, about the quarterly business reviews. What was that like for you? I loved it. Um, being in sales now, it's so easy to measure everything. But in an activities role, um, it is it is very um, it is a challenge to be able to measure um, activities and engagement in that way. And so, um, I I think the biggest takeaway for me from the whole experience at that community might have been these because for me that was really my aha moment. Like I want to do more. I want to um, I want to keep going because I had never been exposed to um, the fact that activities play has such a big correlation with falls and that the wellness director and activities directors really need to partner together. And that makes a huge difference, um, in overall quality of life and quality of care. So, um, I, I think it was huge 
that you led us kind of involving all of the stakeholders and making us feel like we all had purpose um, and had a piece of it, even maintenance and culinary, like you said, and um, diets for residents and, and budget. Um, so um, I thought that was amazing. Yeah. Well, it was, it, it really was um, just a, it was a special moment uh, for all of us, I think. And, you know, you said, you know, I, I made you feel purpose and, you know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to change that a little bit too. I, I acknowledged your purpose. You know, I acknowledge that we, we all bring purpose to the job. No leader, good, bad, or indifferent gives you purpose. All they can do is acknowledge that you have it, right? And then help you bring your full self to the job. And, you know, that was something that I always um, tried to be very mindful of is that um, I know, you know, like those coaching, like we did, we did a lot of one-on-ones, all of us, right? And they were a lot of one-on-ones, a lot of one-on-ones. And you, and you think about um, organizations or teams where you have your annual performance review, like once a year, you sit down with your supervisor and you talk about the entire year's performance and you try to summarize that up. Um, how often did we have coaching conversations? Every week. I mean, yeah, it was pretty often. I mean, I, I, I couldn't even give it a number, um, but it was very focused. So yeah. when we say that, I think just for the audience that it wasn't like we just decided this week is going to, we had a goal in mind that we could measure you know, mm-hmm. based on where we wanted to go and we were involved in it. So you didn't just tell us, hey, Lord, this is what you should focus on. Yeah. Um, this was something that I had to buy in for myself and really put a vision to the department that I was leading. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I also, I also think I would say maybe I saw mine closer to quarterly, like the really structured and plans one, you always gave me an agenda in advance so I could really work through it and come prepared. Um, but it wasn't also just about performance. It was about what can I do for you personally and professionally? What do you want? Um, Not just about, you know, just the job and activities. It was about what can I do for you to help you get there? Yeah. Yeah. There was, there was definitely a lot of prep. I think on both sides, you know, there was, you, you, you knew anytime we were having a coaching conversation, it wasn't off the cuff, right? I was, I was not shooting from the hip. Um, But you know, we, we prepped for that. You had a, you had an agenda and more importantly, as you, as you guys have referenced, you contributed to that, you contributed to the agenda. Um, and I think, you know, when we ask ourselves, did our culture correlate to our performance? I think that's a pretty resounding yes. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Absolutely. I don't think anybody could look at that team and think mm, they had okay performance. I mean, in the end, I mean, we weren't a hundred percent with the full wait list, but when you think about where we came from to where we ended up uh, at the end of all of our time there together anyway, uh, it was, is pretty undeniable that the performance that we had as a team derived from all of these things that we're talking about. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I wish we could all like just form a company and work together again. So, so sorry to the bosses of anybody, uh, you know, on the call here, but uh, I'm, I'm not trying to poach people. Um, <laughs> but if I do get a chance, you know, <laughs> first three people I'm calling here. Um, this has been really fun. Let's let's wrap up here. Okay, so uh, we can go in any order and I'll I'll also contribute to this. So um this has been this has been so fun for me, and 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 I got to say, 
um, not just for this episode, but how much I, I appreciated that time. And I learned a lot. I really learned a lot as a leader, as a, just as a person, not, not as a leader of a team, but just as a person. Um, I had a lot of feelings and thoughts coming into that job of, you know, proving myself. And I think we, we all feel that in some way in every role that we were in. And um, I'm no different. And, you know, you have insecurities as a person, you have um, things that you want to prove to yourself and to other people. But what was really magical about that team was that you all invited me to lead. And that that's not a, a given. You know, you all accepted um, that we are all going to do this together and that everybody has to have a part in this. And the fact that you allowed me to lead, even in moments when it was hard, we, you know, we've all had some tough conversations and, um, but there was always, there was always just this foundation of respect and love there. And um, I, I'll always be grateful for that time that we had. So uh, that was my big takeaway is that leaders, leaders learn as much from doing as, uh, as they do from, you know, leading. So that was really fun for me. Um, let me let you all have kind of the last word here instead of James for, you know, for crying out loud. Um, let's let you all have the, the last word here. Um, this podcast is about leveling up. It's about challenging yourself to grow as a person. It's about challenging yourself to uh, question the things that you take for granted and, and think you know, and just to always improve yourself. And that that's the best way to improve the lives of the people you love. So drawing upon our work experience together, is there one thing that you could maybe think of to get, give advice to a listener here who's maybe listening for the first time? Um, how should they think about culture and the importance of culture in their own personal and professional goals? Well, I think, as I mentioned earlier, I think it starts in the interview. So and oftentimes, you know, you're selling yourself and the company selling themselves for the job, but it's so important to interview the boss, right? Yeah. Your direct supervisor is going to be and ask them, what is the culture here? And if they mm. I'm coming up with the answer, that's not a good sign because then the culture isn't intentional, right? And yeah. something you always have to be working towards, but um, I think the secret sauce to really our team was we wanted to make each other better and that I'm better today because I'm around all of you that mm -hmm. challenging yourselves. And, you know, we could bring out of the box ideas of this is what I want to do. And you're like, okay, how are you going to do that? Mm -hmm. And not put in a box, but, you know, um, and I think it starts with trust. Uh, the team that you're on because um, we're vulnerable, we're able to be vulnerable, right? Mm -hmm. You can make mistakes and not feel like you're going to, you know, get in trouble or, you know, whatever, um, because you encouraged us to fail because that's how you learned. Yeah. Um, but we all were vulnerable. I think we all seen each other cry. Maybe not James, but <laughs> <laughs> all the girls uh, cried. Um Maybe Kip too. I think I I saw him cry a couple of tears, but yeah. vulnerable, and you know that made it real and authentic. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Uh, I sure. love those takeaways, Karen. This this has become an aha moment summary. I mean, how typical of us to get on a conversation and end with aha moments. 
Um, that those are some good ones, Karen. Um, it's funny. I was having a uh, a coaching call with somebody. It's part of the work I do now um, in consulting, and I had a coaching call with somebody, and she said at the end of it, "Has anybody ever cried with you before?" And I thought, <laughs> uh, "Yes, <laughs> we we have shed many a tear on our teams." And I said, "James, is that a test in the interview?" I <laughs> No, you guys didn't cry in the interview. No, we, you guys did not cry in the interview. And I, I wasn't trying to make anybody cry. Um, but, but you know what? We all got to a place where we felt that the safety and the vulnerability. And I never took that for granted. Um, and I hope you never felt like I did. Um, it, it was, it was such a huge sign of trust and, um, and I wanted to safeguard that. So good takeaways, Dooley. Um, Angela, Laura, what are what are your kind of bits of advice here in terms of culture and its role for professionals? Um, I think my biggest takeaway would be um, the two phrases that I disliked hearing the most would be "That's not my job" and "That's how we've always done it." Mm-hmm. Um, so leaning on your teammates to collaborate is so, so important, supporting each other, educating each other, knowing that, um, staying in your lane is not an option. Um, (laughs) it's so important. And the only way to really be successful is to support each other and to, um, teach each other about each other's jobs and how you can be successful together. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. You know, it's, it's such a timely takeaway too during, I mean, we've all been living through this pandemic for over a year now. And, you know, I think about my, my mind automatically went back to our team, our team. And I thought if I was going through the pandemic with this team, I would feel a lot safer right now. And I think part of that was this, was this belief that like, you just take care of each other. And, um, one of what it was funny to me at the time, but reflecting back on it, I realized how special it was that um, you guys just on your own started bringing me lunch because you're like, James, did you eat today? And like a different person would just bring me food and then sit in my office and eat with me or just drop off food mm-hmm. and leave. Um, and I thought, you know, how amazing that we all just we all just took care of each other, you know, simple things of, of, of food and rest. And did you take time off? And, you know, we, we didn't just talk about like, Hey, you, you know, you have PTO, we would celebrate like, okay, what did you use your PTO for? Right. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was, um, I thought that was really good. Thanks for sharing that Inge. Laura, wrap us up. What's your takeaway for listeners on how to level up culture um, as a leader? The first thing that came to mind is know that there is a culture. Um, I think one of the many defining moments that we had was really defining our frontline workers. You were like, we need to know who they are Mm -hmm. and we need to know what challenges they face before they even walk into the door. And um, how do we develop them? You know, Um, and I think that's a big I think that still makes my heart burn because um, having students that are in a caregiving role, usually it's AL or memory care, they're coming to our school. They're telling me these stories that we would have just not had in our team. We just mm-hmm. wouldn't have allowed it, number one. But two, um, the people that they're sharing, how they do not give quality care, they, you know what I mean? They would have been developed mm-hmm. a lot further. So 
I think that's a big way to level up in senior living is to know who you're hiring. Yeah. Like, you know, Karen, you know, mentioned it a lot of times it's, we need you come on in, but we miss a significant opportunity to really know where that person wants to go in their career. Do they even have an idea of what that looks like? And also to kind of give a pulse to um, who we are as a mm-hmm. leadership um, team. Are we going to take off, you know, our hat and go on the floor, you know, um, and work with um, those individuals? Um, just to kind of tell in with what you were saying about the food, one thing that stood out to me throughout our time together is you would come up to my office and you'd be like, Hey, Laura, you still here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and it wasn't expected of me to to be there doing 12 hours. And I had, that was something I had to re, yeah. you know, work in my mind. And I don't think that's a norm, right? It's expected yeah. for the nurse to be there in labor alone a lot of times. So mm-hmm. we did everything together. And I think, we need to know our team. We need to know, number one, that they're bringing in a culture. Even if you don't define it, there are several cultures that are influencing how your frontline workers are making decisions. And if you don't define that a lot better for what that really looks like and mm-hmm. raise that standard, then you're going to have chaos. And sadly, our seniors and the workers, even yeah. the ones that are very focused and great, are going to just kind of suffer for it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I feel like this is a this is a masterclass for how to run an assisted living. You know, <laughs> let's record a few of these and sell them. That's to a good point. What do you think about that? <laughs> um, really, really amazing takeaway. I, I takeaways here. Um, you know, and that that kind of it, it reminded me of how we would celebrate people's growth and um, their promotions, even if it wasn't with us. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and there were people who like, we would learn, oh, you want to go do this or you want to go do that. And then we would find those opportunities. And you guys came up with a lot of those programs yourselves of like these internships that people could go do, uh, within the own, uh, within our own, uh, community. And I remember celebrating one time, um, who was it? I think it was Ida. Um, she, oh, yeah. she got culinary, it, yeah. she worked in culinary. Yeah. She was in culinary and then she got a job as a business office person for mm-hmm. CarMax, I think. And I, yes. and I remember we all celebrated that. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean that, that, if that's not a picture of culture, I don't know what is right. That mm-hmm. we celebrated people's growth wherever it was. And not only, not only that, but people didn't do it behind the scenes. They did it in full mm-hmm. view um, you know, you all, you all truly allowed me to go start my MBA. Um, I could not have done that without all of your buy-in to say, we've got your back. Um, all three of our nurses started their RN program. Uh, mm-hmm. Laura finished hers while we were working together. Um, so many people leveled up during our time together. And we not only supported it, but we encouraged it and we held people accountable to their own growth. Um, and I think that's, you know, if you can bottle that up and give it to other people, just think what our industry would be if this was the norm, you know? Definitely. Yeah. Mm. I think this is going to be a really cool episode for people to listen to. Uh, Karen, Angela, Laura, so good to see you. Thank you for sharing some of your time. You guys went really easy on me today. I thought I was going to get roasted a little bit uh, more (laughs) and all I got was interview and whiteboard. So I'm going to consider that a win. Um, so good to see you all. Um, and we should do this again. We won't record it. 
uh, we'll get Patrick and uh, Cooley and some others on. That would be really, really fun. Um, but I hope you guys are all doing great. I respect you all so much. I, I love you. I appreciate the work that we did. Thanks for being on with me tonight. Yeah. Thank you, James. <laughs> Everybody else listening to Level Up, I hope you make it an awesome day. Go serve somebody um, in, in your own vision uh, of how to do this thing. So thanks for listening to another episode of Level Up. Thanks for listening to Level Up Podcast. We hope you're inspired to lead every day with both your head and your heart. Connect with James Lee at btgvoice.com and on social media at Senior Living Guy.